Hi, my name is John. And my name's Chris. And, and this, this is Stay on, on Target. Hey, everybody, welcome to Stay on Target. We are your hosts. You can find us online at stayontargetpodcast.com. That's right, John. This week, we are talking about Call of Duty's exclusivity deal with PlayStation. Yes. And I, 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 no I think spoilers. the listeners probably know which side we fall on. Yeah. If they know us at all. Yeah, if you've listened to us talk about exclusivity deals uh, so on any you, other game. So if you want about 10 minutes worth of a Chris and John rant, you're about to get one. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so uh, that's later in the show. That's right. But first, uh, we've been up to nothing since last week. That's right. Because we're recording this yeah, a week ahead of time. We're recording this uh, the, at the same time. Like, we're just at minutes after we yeah. just finished the last episode. So the reason that I, you, were, you, were, you were like, um, hey, you know, what do you want to do with the podcast? You want to pre-record? And I was like... I was looking at my calendar, and um, th- so the Joker comes out this weekend. That's right. And so uh, I apologize we're not reviewing it right now. It's a bummer. I'm bummed um, about it. You're bummed about it. We're all I, bummed we're about all it. We're all bummed about it. Um, I've got, I've got a, lot of, a lot of stuff going on at work, but also uh, it's very ambiguous as to what time it's happening on Thursday. But uh, I'm playing uh, our work Battle of the Bands again yeah. this year. I played it a couple of years ago, and Soundcheck is... Um, is on Thursday. So was, well, I guess when people are listening to it, so it was yesterday. So it was last night, you know? Yeah. yeah that's awesome, dude. Yeah. So, um, you know, I was like, I don't even know if I can commit to going to see the Joker. And if I don't, don't go see the Joker, there's no reason to record this, uh, not record the pre-record this. That's right. So, so here we are. Here we are. That's and again, I'm the last day of my vacation. So it's yeah. like, ah, uh, I'm, I'm, Bummed that I'm returning from vacation. I don't know, like I, or maybe I'm just like, oh, I'm I'm returning refreshed. This is, yeah, you know. Yeah. So hopefully, depending on how the vacation goes, you know, everybody has those vacations. Yeah. You come back from and you're like, man, I need a vacation from that vacation. Yeah, yeah. And then other times you come back and you're like, I'm ready. Yeah. Bring it on. And I like the plan is to come back and be like, I'm ready. Bring it on. Because sometimes you know in advance. Yeah. The type of vacation it's gonna be. Yeah. Um, and so the plan is for it to be the I'm ready, bring it on. Totally. We'll find out, Chris. All right. We'll find out next week on cool. the podcast. Um, so, since we don't have anything else to talk about, yeah, we should do a pick of the week. Pick of the week. That was, uh, how many minutes? How, how fast was that? Getting in, Getting into this segment. That is two minutes and 34 Man, seconds. I'm determined to get through this podcast <laughs> in a timely manner. <laughs> All the same content, but four times as fast. <laughs> exactly. You know? I mean, yeah, totally. I mean, if we could just, it's kind of like listening to podcasts on two times speed. Yeah, you know? You know? Like, we're just we going to do, do it that in real, real time. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then whenever they listen to it in two times speed, it really like feels four like times four times speed. Totally. Um, so my pick of the week, or what's your pick of the week? My pick of the week this week. Okay, so it's been an interesting time for the last week or so. I haven't played any games whatsoever, really. Mm. Um, the occasional time I would like pick up uh, something and be like, oh no, I got to put it down in five minutes. So have not really played anything, but I have watched. Um, th- there's two shows, but it's on Netflix, and uh, and the story about how I've like why two shows rather than just one show is. It is uh, the Tales from Arcadia is the overarching kind of like yeah, umbrella yeah, yeah. that they fit under. Yeah. But it's uh, Gamelo del Toro, and it's uh, his like a, a show based on his story, The Troll Hunters. And uh, so there's that show, but then there's the other show, Three Below, which is about aliens. Okay. And I I watched Troll Hunters years ago, whenever it originally so what, came so out. So you're saying these are these are in the same universe? They're in the same universe, same town. 
They're both in the town of Arcadia. Okay. And so I, I Is watched... Guillermo del Toro? Yeah. It's his stories. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. Anyway, so I watched the uh, Troll Hunter, started watching that show, but per the fact that I'm not super into fantasy, I stopped watching it after the first episode, okay. right? Where I got on board with this was I've had the, the, the Alien series, called Three Below, in my queue for a really long time had no idea that it was related to this other thing until in the middle of the uh the season the first season they cross over and i go wait a second what is this and so i ended up like i'm in the middle of uh of of both shows now because now i've gone back to watch you know some of the troll hunters so it's like i onboarded with a sci-fi thing it onboarded me into a fantasy thing. interesting interesting (laughs) But they're very good. They're uh, they're in the style like the 3D art style of like DreamWorks stuff. Like uh, like you you can kind of compare it to like Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs or like uh, like uh, those types of animation where it's like it's 3D animation, very kind of cartoony that sort of thing. And uh, they're they're interesting, fun fun stories. It's cool. Nice. That's my pick of the week, Chris. Man, we are flying through this. I know, uh, right? My, okay, so, so as a side note, yeah. both of those shows are done. Like, so Troll Hunters, it's like there's, yeah. there's one part one, part two, part three. Yeah. And then the three below, there's part one and part two. And now as a the finale for whatever, because like those stories, like they're not finished. As a finale, they're going to come out sometime. It's supposed to be this year, come out with a first season of a... Uh, a what was it is it magic or magicians or something like that like it's it's a uh, like there's a whole other third show that basically <laughs> crosses over with these other two things oh my goodness. and they're all in the same universe and it'll all like kind of come together in that third show so it's like a super weird interesting way to do a kind of cinematic universe of shows anyway I feel like this is what happens whenever you can convince Netflix just to give you unlimited money I mean I feel like things. also like yeah like you're like oh well you know that show super popular. Let's uh, let's change like end that idea while it's popular because like Troll Hunters was super popular and uh, it's like let's end that show and start this other thing that crosses over with it and then we'll end that thing. So it's like whenever you run out of ideas on uh, on Troll Hunters, oh, yeah. like, well let's do uh, there's nope. a side story going on over here. Let's do the same prop, you know. So you get on board all of those people and again it worked on me because like I'm not, I I had given up on Troll Hunters. I was like <laughs> ah not super into fantasy. It like, doesn't get me, you know. It doesn't get me going. But then the sci-fi thing. Sucked me in, Chris. Yeah, and now I'm 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 into into a fantasy property. All right, all it's right. like ah, ah, that's the way it goes. What's your pick of the week, Chris? So my pick of the week is Blink 182's newest album called Nine. Nice. And uh, so it's uh, I can't remember when did California. The last album came out a couple years back. Yeah, a few years back, I think two or three. Um, called California. And so um, we don't talk about music a lot here, but like I feel like I'm very. This is the first uh rock album in a while that mm-hmm. i have been super impressed with well you're also playing in the rock band like yes, you're playing in totally. the punk rock band and yes. so it's like this it's it's kind of like oh this is like just well, and part is, of the season of your life yeah well blink 182 is one of my favorite bands of all time and i like honestly uh i, I that's just like the way it is the self-titled album um blink 182 blink 182 is is honestly like that and like Jimmy World's like first album and stuff like that, like where it's Bleed like, American. man, this is like it just immediately yeah. sends me back to like you know a time in my life, and yeah. I'm just like, this is amazing. Well, yeah, totally. Well, uh, their self-titled album that's probably their best album, I think. Yeah. You know, but like they've also evolved. So this is the first album that has been written like completely without Tom. So like their last 
Um, so after the self-titled, they took a, like a break, like a 10 year break or something Huge like that. Break, then they yeah. came back and they did, uh, neighborhoods and well, they did the greatest hits with, had a new song on it, neighborhoods. And then, um, they did California in the middle of like writing California between writing and recording it, Tom left the band again. Mm-hmm. And so then they brought in Matt Skiba, uh, formerly of Alkaline Trio to right. do the vocals. And so it always kind of like Felt like, I mean, they were good. It's a great album, mm-hmm. but it always kind of felt like, man, this needed Tom mm-hmm. because they were parts that were written for Tom. Yeah. And I think, like, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, these this sounds like somebody just trying to be Tom. Mm-hmm. Uh, this album is the first one that was written with uh, Mark, um, Matt, and Travis, mm-hmm. uh, all three of the new guys. Like, well, I mean, <laughs> Matt's the only new guy. One new, one yeah. new, and, two original. Um, and but it actually feels like really cohesive. And what's odd is leading up to the as this album release, they released like I don't know three or four singles. And I listened to them. I'm like, man, I don't know. Like this doesn't yeah like push my buttons or anything like that. And then they released the album, and you listen to them in context yeah. of the whole album. That's the thing that's impressed me with it is that for a punk rock record, for it to for you need to need the whole album mm-hmm. like as a as a piece mm-hmm. uh, of art to understand the vibe of what they're going for yeah that's pretty cool yeah and something that i haven't like experienced in a while since probably their self-titled album yeah i was about to say the self-titled album is that way like where it's like you take like down out of context and Mm -hmm. you're like what you know like this is weird but then like in context it makes complete sense yeah and it's like whether the funny thing about that song specifically about a lot of the things in that album is like in context it works but also out of context it still works yeah but it's like it is just like you either it's a head scratcher a few times where you're like yeah. why, why why do that vocal effect, or why do that thing you yep. know so yeah yeah totally and that's and that's kind of the way it is with this album and i also think like they have i mean they've uh last like california they hadn't really necessarily they weren't trying anything new you know they were yeah. it was kind of like hey we're just doing like our classic blink 182 stuff this like uh you can definitely hear the influence of Travis's programming that he's been doing a lot of these days on people's mm-hmm. songs producing. So like, there's a lot of that kind of stuff in there. He still plays like just like unbelievable drums, but he also has his programming stuff in there. Uh, Matt Skiba's like he like pretty much like several songs on the back half of the album um, are like largely I would say his songs. I don't they're all credited as writers, but he is the forefront vocalist, and I actually like that a lot. Um, and, uh, but then they still have like the, the normal kind of stuff. So it's awesome. Dude. I'm, I'm, I love it. I, uh, I say if you enjoy punk rock, listen to it. It's interesting. Like the, my perception. So this is uh, like, this is something you mentioned <laughs> way earlier yeah. and I'm about to like take a left turn. A All little right. Bit. I like it. But whenever I, w- we were growing up, yeah, it would be two years between albums for people. Yeah, like, a lot of times, you know, yeah. a lot of times it was like two years and I felt like it was forever. Oh, totally. Like so long. Yeah. Now as an adult, like it doesn't seem like that long at all. Like it's like, it seems like how can you possibly write, record and like, you know, or produce and record like this whole album, like in that amount of time, like, you know, it's like, obviously like that happens, like that kind of turnaround. It's like, Oh, it just, it, that's, that's my job, you know, like, like, well, like, yeah, back then we had no jobs. Right. Right. I had (laughs) no experience with the industry (laughs) at all, you know, whatsoever. It's like, I had never like the context of like how long, uh, the turnaround on something is like, it didn't really 
happen. Yeah. But like nowadays, it's like it just seems like man, you know, that's that's not very long. Like that's a, that's a good amount of time. Like it's like oh, that it makes sense to be three years between these. Yeah, but, and it, but it's been three years. It's 2016. It was California. Yeah, and so like it's just it's it, crazy. It, it just the, my perception of time is is different now, but also the perception of like what goes into um, you know creating those types of things is uh, is also you know obviously more accurate where yeah. you're like whenever you're you're growing up you're like why can't they just put out more like more frequently yeah so yeah i mean it's it's crazy i mean uh, again that might just be like knowing what goes into it like as well because i do well, I, think, I do well, i do hear people say all the time we're like oh why don't they just put something else out and right. i'm like well there's a lot of reasons why you wouldn't just put something else out well i know? think there's also like a difference between like an artist uh, so blink has always been a very i think what's made them work has that they've been a very collaborative band, mm-hmm. even like with with and without Tom, like that's that's been a thing, uh, with and without him, because, and you've seen like the all their individual, um, efforts, like mm-hmm. plus forty four was, um, Mark Hoppus's, uh band, and it was whatever. It's kind of like, well, this is like you know, just like the this Blink without Tom and mm-hmm. Travis, you know, like worse drums and no Tom vocals. So I'm like, the, you know, not my thing. <laughs> uh, right, Travis right, right. really like he's, he, I, he's always been in production. He's mainly like, uh, he's always been like, had one foot in the hip hop world, one foot in the electronic world. And then one foot in like, well, I would say like a large part of his life is spent in the, the rock punk rock world. Mm-hmm. But like, he's, you know, uh, doing a lot of like production stuff. He's been, I th- think, probably the most collaborative person. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have Tom doing Angels and Airwaves. That's probably been arguably the most commercially successful, mm-hmm. at least early on. Yeah, they have a new album coming out like soon. But again, like nothing's reached the heights of that first album. Mm-hmm. Um, I would also, as a side note, say if anyone wants to like just a good like forty-five minute watch, uh, the Ernie Ball did a series called "In the Pursuit of Tone," and they would just sit down with a, a lot of musicians. Um, guitar players mainly and just talk to them about their careers and their sounds and their songs and their music and where they get inspiration that type of stuff they did one with um tom you can just watch it on youtube it's just like up there as a rip off of i think it was exclusive to direct tv um at the time of course <laughs> i know of course <laughs> and uh so uh that that's a thing we'll talk about exclusives more later um, but like, it's really great because he talks about, you know, all, everything from it, he, he's very interesting because he is very much an artist and mm-hmm. in, in the way that he thinks about things and in the way that he's like, you know, we want, uh, the, these rock songs to be like nursery rhymes and we want them to tell a story and evoke an emotion. Rock and roll at its purest form is evokes an emotion more than anything is like, these are the things that he's, he's taught, he talks through Mm -hmm. and like they show like at the beginning of, I think it's the adventures of the first song in Mm -hmm. angels and airways first album, Mm -hmm. like going through the process of trying to figure that like that, those sounds in the beginning are literally, they're banging on filing cabinets and like random stuff. And it's like, and, and just the process, he was like, we just couldn't figure it out. It just wasn't right until I started, you know, like banging on this thing. And just like, I'm like, it's just, it's very chaotic. His, his creative process sounds like so chaotic. Yeah. And I love it. Um, but anyway, it's a great watch. Yeah. You should watch it. I also check it. out the album. Um, at least give it one listen through. And if you're like, this is not for me, never listen to it again. It's I dig fine. It. So. Picks of the week. Mine was the Tales from Arcadia, both Troll Hunters and Three Below series on Netflix. And mine is Blink 182's new album, Nine. <laughs>
Chris, yeah. so we have a new segment on the old podcast, uh-huh. and it's all about our must-see movies. Chris, what's your must-see movie? Oh, man, my must-see movie. So, um... More, I mean, again, we I think we said like these aren't necessarily our top, like rated movies. No, but these are the best movies. Like, well, these are the movies what we think you should you need to see. Yeah, like these are some of my favorite movies. Yes. Like where I'm like, oh They're man, totally my favorite ones. If yes. I was gonna like just like sit down and watch something, like this yeah. is what I would say. Like, let you have to watch. These this. are great movies. You know? Yeah, these are really good movies. And in my mind, they are perf- they are tins. Or at least this is a tin. Yeah. They're, they're close. Yeah, my movie is. Hot Rod, yeah, with um, Andy Samberg um, and that whole crew, like a lot of the one of the some of the guys from the Lonely Island. Um, I th- can't remember. I think it has Elsa Fisher in it. Um, it has Danny McBride in it. It has um, man, I'm trying to remember who else is in there. Uh, but it's so good. It's it's about a. Um, what Bill we, Hader. We, oh, Bill. Yeah, Bill Hader. Ian McShane. Ian McShane. Yes. Will Arnett. Will Arnett. Oh man, I forgot Will, about Will Arnett. Um, <laughs> you can never forget about Will would Arnett. I, would we say he's a child, a boy, a man, <laughs> a man, man child? Yeah. A, a man boy. Uh, you mean you Andy's character? Yeah. 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 Oh, so so Rod. How old yeah. is he supposed to be? How old is Rod supposed to be? Uh, I feel like he's probably twenty. You okay. know, I feel like like this is the quintessential like. So he's just living at home. Yeah, like generational kind of like where you're like, oh, this is like. He's he's an adult, but not like doesn't behave like an adult yet, yeah. you know. And I feel like with uh, you know with with, uh, with Denise Ilsa's character, uh, like you know, she comes home from college or something like that. Like I feel like they're they're right. they're definitely adults. Okay, all right. So um, he lives in this town. He li- this small town. Um, he likes to ride his uh, motorcycle, um, and uh, he his dad falls ill. And he decides he needs to uh, help get him better by um, doing one big jump. That's right. And this is like the most quotable movie. (laughs) Yes, it is. Ever. The funny, funny story about this one is like I saw this one um, before. This is an older movie. Um, 2007. So this is a movie that like I saw right whenever we moved to Tennessee, right? Yeah. So we were moving down. That was the year we moved to Tennessee. And uh, and I saw it with with uh, Jay Pinions, Jared Walker, and we were like on a road trip at the time, and we saw it with with his uh, his brother, Jason, and uh, (laughs) and all of us, the entire crew of people that saw this movie, hated it at first oh, right like like saw it and we we're like what was that walked out of the theater thinking like what what did we just watch but then <laughs> proceeded for the rest of the night to quote it and laugh oh yeah and quote it and laugh and quote it and laugh and literally like by the end of the night i was like that was a fantastic movie oh yeah and the second time i watched it i was like th- clearly this is a fantastic movie it's a brilliant movie and uh and so yeah, that's the story of Hot Rod for me. Is like you know, obviously yeah. I've watched it a, a bunch of times. So. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's one of my favorite movies. I you know, it's quoted all the time. The the description on Google, like whenever I look it up, uh, is hilarious. Um, we have uh, for Rod Kimball, which played by Andy Sandberg, performance stunts is a way of life, even though he is rather accident prone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, poor Rod cannot even get any respect from his stepfather, Frank, who beats him up in weekly sparring matches. When Frank falls ill, Rod devises his most outrageous stunt yet to raise money for Frank's operation. It's true. All that's and true. And then Rod will kick Frank's butt. <laughs> anyway, yes. That's the description there. It's so good. It's a good one, man. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, mine this week is a movie by the name of Spy Game. Ooh, oh my gosh, This dude. is a movie that came out John. a long time ago in 2001. I, I, I love the fact we're doing this because these are all like <laughs> both of our movie, favorite movies. I know, they're, they're fantastic. Um, but this is a movie uh, back in 2001 and uh, it is obviously by the name. It's a spy movie. Yes. And I would say this is like one of the the like one of my the best. yeah one of the best and my favorite spy movies yeah um and I was surprised to like find on Rotten Tomatoes it only has a sixty six percent um on Rotten Tomatoes there yeah so I I don't know why yeah I am a fan of him uh Tony Scott mm-hmm. who's the director mm-hmm. uh, who is now passed mm-hmm. he's Ridley Scott's brother mm-hmm. um he uh wasn't necessarily like He's not seen as the most, like, I guess, I don't even know how to describe it. Like, they, like critically, Acclaimed? people don't like him. Yes. Huh. Like, Interesting. But I think he's a fantastic, he's one of my favorite directors yeah, of all time. Yeah, like, and this was, like, I remember watching this around the time. So you were watching through all of Tony Scott's movies yeah. up until that, that time or whatever. Yeah. And so, like, this was in there. And I watched a few of them. I didn't watch all of them with you or whatever, but I watched this one. And it is a fantastic movie. So good. This is a, it's a, the, the, the rundown. So I have it so, on Google here. It has yeah. Robert Redford in it. Yes. It's got, uh, it's got Brad Pitt in it yep. playing Tom Bishop. Mm. And it's got Catherine McCormick. Um, let me see any other, any other like big, big names. I want to watch this game. This uh, Ken Luing is in it, which he, you know, there's just so many, so many fantastic actors in this. But the movie is all about Redford starring as a CIA operative. <laughs> And uh, on the brink of retirement, he's like about to retire. And then his protege, which is, uh, which is Brad Pitt, yeah. gets captured in arrested in China on the charge of espionage. Mm. And so then that's how we kick off into the, like the, the, the movie there. And uh, my thing about this movie, like there's distinct moments in this movie that I continuously like think about, like they just come up mm. where it's like whenever the, the scene where they're, they're chatting on a rooftop. Yeah. Oh yeah. And the way that they shot this thing, is in a bunch like in a helicopter yeah and they're circling the the building like with the camera aiming at the top of this rooftop (laughs) and two just like kind of chairs on top of this rooftop or whatever and uh they shot it must have shot it multiple times because they're like intercutting between all of these different shots and it's like they're not talking about anything that's particularly like it's not like they're talking like it's not super exciting there's there's nothing that's under threat or anything like they're literally like just kind of strategizing they're like having this conversation but it is one of the most exciting scenes (laughs) that i can think of where it's like you're just like you reduce this down to like a, a if you just did like a two camera setup it's just like two people having a conversation yeah but the way in which it was shot makes it super exciting super super like kind of edge of your seat kind of stuff and it all kind of builds up over the course of the conversation all the way to like the the pinnacle of the conversation like the end of it and it's like oh my gosh this is like i don't know it's it's genius storytelling through the direction of the of the movie totally it's amazing it is amazing uh he throws a brad pitt throws a chair off the roof yeah that's the pinnacle of that conversation he throws a chair off yeah it's like man yeah Intense stuff. It's so good. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's one of those movies that I'm like, this is a, it feels like a classic movie. It's like, mm-hmm. uh, this is a kind of a movie out of time. Yeah. Where it's like, this doesn't, I, I, it doesn't, it's not dated right. in any way. Right. To me. Agreed. Yeah. And it's, again, like Robert Redford and Brad Pitt. Like, that's like. So good. Just like one, two punch right there. Yep. Fantastic. So, your movie was mm. Hot Rod. Hot Rod. My movie was Spy Game. Go watch those. They are must-see movies. Go watch them. 
All right, Chris. Yeah. Hit me with your exclusivity talk on Modern Warfare 2019. <laughs> so, um, long story short, it was revealed that Modern Warfare will have, much like Modern Warfare 3, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's going to have a survival mode inside Spec Ops. Kind of a, a horde, horde, mode. horde mode. Yeah. And it is exclusive to PlayStation 4 owners until next October, almost a whole year. It blows my mind because like they've had exclusivity kind of things before in Call of Duty. Like first it was that with Xbox where like the expansion packs for the new maps would come out a month before the uh, the PlayStation version. So like, oh, the Xbox would come out and then a month later, PlayStation would come out. And then it, that flipped whenever we switched generations to the PS4 and the Xbox One where PlayStation came out a, a month before the Xbox One. Um, but never before... Have we seen a Modern Warfare feature, like a, a game mode, be delayed on, on two platforms, because PC and Xbox, by a year? Mm -hmm. Like 360 days. You're mm -hmm. just five days short of the year at that point. Like, that blows my mind, Chris. Whenever I read this, I was like, first, I was like, that, that seems weird for two reasons to me. One is that one of the main reasons why they don't want to like have the the exclusivity window longer than that month. Or one reason why they didn't before was like they didn't want to necessarily fracture the the player bases, you know, so much. Where it's like now we have crossplay even, where like if you are on your PlayStation and I am on my Xbox, we can now play with each other. Mm -hmm. And so you're kind of fracturing the base there. The other side of it is the versions of it, like your Xbox version is not like a, a few dollars cheaper because it has one less mode in it. Yeah. It's the same price on your PC and on your PlayStation or on your Xbox as it is over on PlayStation. And it has like an extra thing that you can play and yeah. spend time on like more things. So it's just, those are the two big things, problems that I have with this deal. Yeah. I mean, I think there's multiple sides to it as well. Cause it's like, uh, so there's, there's one side that one way you can look at it is like, okay, uh, I think I believe the uh, multiplayer maps. I don't think they're they're charging for like uh, content drops like they have in the past. There's no season pass. There's no like um, they're not like usually before it'd be like four different map packs throughout the year. And so a period of exclusivity, while it was annoying, wasn't the end of the world. But it was also a year long kind of exclusivity mm -hmm. option for whichever platform holder had it. Um, I also, though, question whether or not Microsoft would even engage in something like that at this point. Yeah. Um, unless, here's like the only only part w w in which I would be okay with this. Yeah. And 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 I, honestly, if if I was a platform holder, I feel like I would just spin it this way, if possible, um, and still be able to like remain truthful about it. But if this mode was not going to exist, mm -hmm. and then Sony said, "Hey, we will pay you to make something exclusive." Ah. And they and and they said, well, we could just take this horde mode over here because they're already doing all these multiplayer maps, and yep. it was semi successful in um, Black Ops um, three or it's not Black Ops uh, Modern Warfare three. Right. The thing that I don't know is was was horde was this survival mode already announced, and then all of a sudden now it's walled off mm. from I don't know. Like I don't I, know I don't, either. I don't remember. I would all, have to go. I do remember them talking digging. about Spec Ops missions, and the campaign and the. Uh, multiplayer maps. Yeah, but specifically the Horde mode, I'm not sure. Specifically, I don't remember whether or not that's been a feature that they've talked about before. And it, because, of it, because of it is, and then all of a sudden it's walled off, that feels weird to me. 
Yeah. I also think that that's a very, like, I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, I mean, we played a lot of that horde mo- mode, the survival mode. Right. Um, but, like, for if, if we're talking about, okay, what's what's a feature that could be walled off, that's probably, like, that's the one I would pick. Yeah, like, if you off. have to wall off a feature, like, that's the one. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that makes uh, sense. The thing that's happened, I think, um, is that the, I can't remember his name, but the the director of the the campaign um, has been basically, like, talking about it on Twitter and in an AMA and... People were asking him, you know, why why did you guys do this? And he's like, we didn't mm-hmm. do this. Uh, this has been forced on us, basically. Yeah, like yeah, Activision yeah. has done this. Yeah. Um, which is, I'm sure, the same thing that that they did with Destiny. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Destiny, like you, you like the messaging. Whenever Bungie finally like got out of their contract with uh, with Activision, like literally the first thing they did was like say, okay, well, we're not going to have any you know platform exclusive content right, anymore. Right. And they made it a very clear point to say that and to kind of reinforced that that wasn't necessarily what they wanted. That yeah. wasn't their call, you know? I, and, and I guess we may, we may never know because, like, for instance, in, there was two ways of looking at the uh, year-long exclusivity of um, uh, Ry- was it Rise of the Tomb Raider? Was that the middle one? Yeah. Yeah, that was the middle one. Um, so, like, there was, there was a year-long exclusivity uh, deal with Microsoft on That's that. Right. But, like, I don't know, did that, A, did were they looking for funding and mm-hmm. that was the best way for them to get that game made? If, yeah. if they hadn't done that, would that game have not gotten made? Then I'm okay with it. Yeah. But if, if they were, they were like, Hey, we made this game. We're going to go shopping, you know, to Microsoft or Sony and see if either one of them want this as an exclusive. Mm-hmm. That feels weird. You know, yeah. it's like, why, why would you, why would you do that? Right. Um, yeah. Or if at some point in the development of that game, they said, Ooh, we're going to like, we're not going to have enough money to finish this thing. What can we like, what can we do? And so then they approached the platform holders and said, can we get some funding by any chance if we right. make, you know, something exclusive or if we like do something with this, whereas like with call of duty, like call of duty is such a, such a known thing at this point. Like I, I, I can't imagine that being the case where like they, they weren't like, Oh, we're halfway through making the next call of duty. We're going to run out of money. Yeah. Let's, uh, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah. let's, let's that, shop it around. See if we that's get this not thing made. happening. That but, didn't happen. Right. But with tomb Raider, it's highly possible that like they, right. they were part of the way through the development of that thing and said, Ooh, well, that's why we I'm need saying, extra well, funds. Well, but again, like if, 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 if Sony was like, Hey guys, we know that you're not doing like map packs anymore, but we really want something that's exclusive. Right. There's something that you can build for us. Yeah. And then they're like, hey, well, we'll, we'll add in this feature. But we'll never know the behind the scenes on that, probably. No. Like, all we know and consumers know is that, hey, there's this fun part of the game that we don't, like, if we're playing Xbox, we don't yeah. get to play for a whole year. Yeah, don't get to play until literally the next Call of Duty the next will be out. It's like, okay, well, whatever. I mean, and that happened with Destiny, like the yeah, original gosh. Destiny, where it's I like, there, were, there still is. Uh, content in Destiny 1 that you and I, despite our hundreds of hours of playing that game, have not experienced no. because it was exclusive all the way until Destiny 2 was already out. Like a month after Destiny 2 came out, it like became available. And I remember like, you know, somebody in our, our Destiny group or whatever like posted and was like, hey, by the way, we can play that one strike now. And right. it's like, well, we can play with that one exotic weapon now. It's like, yeah. Uh, like uh. Yeah, it's it's like why would I at this point want to go back and do that? Mm. And I'm sure that's what that's what Sony wants. They want something that you're like, hey, uh, you know, 
I don't know. They, man. they want you to rethink essentially, like if you were already going to purchase this over on like Xbox, like if you're like, oh no, I'm this or time if you have both because it's crossplay, and yeah. I have an Xbox One X. It's it the most powerful console. Yeah, like there, uh, you can, and that's why between people, between P, between PlayStation and Xbox. Yeah, between everything, like you can play what? with everything. Like, and so yeah, that's why PlayStation players are upset about it too, because like some of their friends on some of these other platforms, oh my gosh, dude. they could have potentially like been buddies and like populated like oh let me bring you into this match and we'll play the survival mode together but now they can't because they just can't um but yeah like so basically now i don't know like if somebody had had it pre-ordered over on the xbox one x like you know oh, i'm gonna get the the version that is likely to perform the best which is xbox one x now because if they're a super big call of duty fan because of this mode being exclusive do you rethink that do you right. go oh ps4 pro Sure, I'll do it there too. Right. Yeah, uh, like I'll do it there instead. Like I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's possible. That doesn't change where I I primarily play is no. the Xbox. Well, it doesn't I mean, change the fact that I like the Xbox controller better, way better yeah, than totally. the first shooters. And that's where all my, my friends are who are going to play this game. True. Um, most of them. I have, you know, some on PlayStation, that, but like, I'm not gonna. Uh, I'm gonna play a lot of multiplayer with this, hopefully, mm-hmm. and I want to play with like the majority of my friends where they're playing. Right. Um. Well, now you can, you can play with all of them. Yeah, I'm just it was totally. That's cool. I, I'm just. I'm. I'm never a fan of walled off content. I'm never a fan of exclusivity deals unless it's something like hey, this game wasn't going to get made or mm-hmm. like you know something. I mean, it's it's things like first party titles or mm-hmm. even second party titles where um, a first party is funding it from a second from a from a developer. Yeah, like that to me is different than uh, one group of gamers getting less of a game right right and paying the same price to do it well and then the other thing that upset me back in the day whenever uh tomb raider was over on as an exclusive on xbox for the longest time was that they couldn't talk about it like right like people would be like is this ever coming to another platform they're like we don't know we can't you know we're not we're not going to be able to tell you about that until you know just wait for our announcement and it's like you you literally couldn't say when or even if it was going to come out on playstation until you know six months from then and they were like oh it's coming to playstation and with that game specifically i bet you they actually made more money in the end with that because they were able to release basically what I don't know if they call it definitive edition, but it was like a definitive edition yeah. with like new uh, DLC mm-hmm. where Laura was exploring the Croft Manor mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff. That's right. Um, and uh, there was they put uh, put a, a VR um, portion in it, like you could do explore the mansion in VR right. if you That's had right. it on PlayStation, and it re-released again on um, Xbox. Right. So like. That I think worked out for like, the. Like it worked developer. out pretty well for them. Okay, you for, know? yeah, but like uh, you know, I don't know. Well, and at the same time, like uh, you don't really know like where, where the hard numbers one way or the other. Like there's an alternate universe where it released on both at the same time, right? And but it's like we're not in that universe, so we will never know um, if potentially the buzz of it being on all the consoles at the same time was greater than releasing it a year later on PlayStation or something. Yeah. But like I agree with you, where I'm like I'm likely to say that that probably performed better because of this you know tiered release almost yeah but at the same time like it doesn't it doesn't feel good as a gamer like to do that it doesn't feel good like as a person who's like i want to play that game yeah but i gotta you know i'm forced into like this platform or maybe not like how long do i wait if i want to play it on playstation so yeah it's just weird 
Stop doing this, Activision. That's right. Stop making these agreements. And Sony. And Sony. Yeah. And Microsoft. And Microsoft. I mean, Microsoft hasn't made one in a long time. Since I know. that uh since the uh the the Tomb Raider one. I know. Because I think Phil Spencer has like he's made statements in the past where he's like, I'm just not a fan of walling off content from any gamer. Yeah. Well he was he played lots of Destiny, so much Destiny over on Xbox. I guarantee he was upset about it too. Oh yeah. <laughs> I guarantee he's like, why can't I play that strike, guys? I want it. I want that strike. Um, we used to own you. <laughs> yeah, it's like you literally like come on, you, you did Halo for us. Just cut me a break. Give me the strike, just me. Because that's how it all works. Yes. All right. So I don't like. I don't know what we're doing next. What are we talking about next? Maybe week? the Joker. Maybe. Maybe go see the Joker. Yeah. yeah maybe. Um, possibly. Actually, what's the date? I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at that date. Yeah, we we should check the let's, calendars. Let's look at the calendar we, here. We, you know, definitively before say we promise things, make a lot of promises. See, this is the thing. Uh, so that would be the... That's my Halloween party. Oh, man. So, so uh, probably... Wait, right? This week, the, next week. The no. 11th? No. No, that's not my Halloween party. Okay. We, so we could we could probably do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. We can, we can, we'll review the Joker. I'm down. You can find us online at StayOnTargetPodcast.com on social at ChrisWright250. And JohnWright777. And at StayOnTargetPod. Please go to your podcast service of choice. Review us. Tell your friends about us. All of we them. really appreciate it. We do really. That's it for this week. We'll see you next time on Stay Stay on on Target. Target.